Hello, I'm Zev Neuwirth and welcome to Creating New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, bold solutions, and a renewed sense of meaning and purpose in their journey to advance patient-centered, customer-oriented, value-based healthcare. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization that I may be affiliated with. Folks, uh, this is going to be uh, a bit different. Uh, it's um, I, I've have, I have the pleasure, actually, of welcoming back my colleague and friend, uh, Dr. Lisa Gualtieri from Boston. And uh, what we're going to do in this uh, year-end podcast episode is Lisa's going to interview me to discuss some of the healthcare trends from 2018 and what's emerging for 2019. And of course, I'm going to pull from some of the uh, expert opinions that we've heard on the podcast series over the past few months. Um, I don't have any idea of the questions that Lisa is going to ask. And so, uh, Lisa, I'm going to turn it to, over to you and let's, uh, let's see how this goes. Okay, great, Zev. Thank you for having me on today. And for the first question, how do you like having the tables turned? I don't, Lisa. <laughs> I feel much more comfortable asking the questions because I get uh, I get time to prepare for them. So, uh, so let's see how this goes. Okay, great. So um, we're going to be focusing on your predictions for mm-hmm. 2019, but mm-hmm. let's start with 2018. A year ago today, if I were to ask you what were the trends that you predicted, and if you were to talk about your recollections of what you were thinking a year from now, what were the topics most on your mind, and how accurate were you about the role that those were going to play in 2018? Okay, no softballs here, Lisa. Um Let's see. Well, I, I would say this, um, and I, I feel very, very confident in, in this response. Um, I, I think the biggest trend that I've been noticing, and I would say it goes back probably three years, uh, and I can remember this because I actually tried to publish an article about this about two or three years ago, uh, and I actually submitted it uh, with a couple of colleagues to the Harvard Business Review, and it was turned down because they just didn't believe in it, uh, in the topic and the direction we took it. And it was this, that I, I think that, um, and I'm going to coin this term here, uh, I think that uh, the employer-based healthcare uh, is, I think, is the sleeping giant of healthcare. And I've seen that coming now for at least uh, three years. Um, and I think it's rapidly emerging in the last year. I, I, um, I thought at the beginning of this year that we would begin to see it, quite honestly, uh, some of the things that have happened uh, with uh, Amazon getting together with Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, some of the things we've seen with um, with Comcast and with uh, GM uh, doing direct to employer with Henry Ford Health System, uh, and some of the other large uh, large players in the employer market. Walmart is a great example, I think. And the response to those, uh, I think you're seeing in the market. I, I, I think it, for me, the change actually occurred a much faster and a much in some ways a much bigger way than I had thought um, and I think that um, I think it's for the coming year it's a, it's actually going to accelerate obviously there that's something that's been in the news an enormous amount for mm-hmm. a wide variety of reasons do you ultimately see that as fundamentally changing healthcare a- absolutely I, I think it is if you did um, 
you know, uh, when I studied uh, uh, business management, uh, there's this thing called the Porter's Five Forces, and it's a sort of a strategic analysis of the of the forces in the market uh, from uh, legacy uh, stakeholder players to suppliers to consumers to new entrants um, and regulatory things like that. And if you do a, a, a Porter analysis, and, and I have and been doing it every year, uh, for quite a few years, I think there's no question that the employer space and the retail space are are the the, the biggest uh, forces in the market, and um, by far. And I think that there are good re- there are reasons for that. I think the um, the reasons are are twofold. One is that employers um, ha- have a real skin in the game. They they are the healthcare costs are, are one of the largest expense items for employers. Uh, continues to rise every year. This year, it's depending on who you you read or listen to, it's anywhere between four to six percent increases in healthcare expenditures. So so those expenditures aren't going away. They they're high and they're continuing to be high. The employers are looking for any way to uh, reasonably reduce costs. And and the truth is, as you talk to them, as I have in this podcast, and what you hear over and over again is that they actually can reduce costs and actually improve outcomes of care and they're figuring out how to do that and so and and those are those are tremendous numbers in terms of cost savings and so you don't have to go out and, and earn a revenue and then make a, a percentage of that in profit whatever you save you save it goes right to the bottom line so it's a tremendous especially for some of these big players uh, you know they're, they're spending multiple billions of dollars a year on employee health care costs and so anything they can save is is just really earnings that are just uh, you know, tremendous. The other part of it, though, which is really interesting, is that, and and this I hadn't seen quite in the way that it's it's playing itself out, is that the employers are realizing that once they figure out how to do this, that's actually a product, and they can actually market that and sell it to other employers and put it on the market. So you see that happening. So that's that's the second reason, and actually, there's a third, which is they're realizing they can go outside of even that market. Uh, to the general healthcare consumer market. And, um, so employers have, have literally three great reasons to get into healthcare. And any one of them would have been enough, but uh, all three together makes them, I think, really, uh, really aggressive. And, um, you know, and again, when I'm talking to them, the least the ones I've read and, 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 and spoken to, um, they're, they're, they really believe that they can actually improve health outcomes. And I think what you're seeing in the market is a lot of reaction to that as well. I think uh, people, and I, I didn't make this up, I think uh, uh, this wasn't my idea that uh, some of the uh, mergers you're seeing in the market, uh, the CVS Aetna merger has been attributed to some of the things going on like the Amazon work. Um, so uh, so again, yes, I absolutely believe it is the, the largest single force in, in the market today in healthcare. Just curious, Zev, are you planning on revising your Harvard Business Review article and resubmitting it? <laughs> That's a great question. I've thought about that. No, I'm I'm working on some other writing projects now that are. Um, I'm not going to wait for the editors at the Harvard Business Review to figure out what's going on. Or send an apology. No, <laughs> I doubt they ever would. <laughs> Uh, one of the topics that you focused on quite a bit in 2018 in your podcast series was the shift to consumerism in healthcare. How do you see that playing out in 2019? You know, that's a really great question. Um, it is one of my favorite topics for lots of reasons. I, I would say the most important reason I, I find it compelling 
um, it, and this is not necessarily market based, but um, it is more personal and more professional in nature is I think that the push to consumerism really is a push to uh, patient-centered care. I, I actually think consumerism is taking patient-centered care to the next level. I know that uh, in, in some quarters that might be uh, heresy, but um, consumerism is really about understanding uh, your client, your customer, your patient, uh, in a way that we just haven't, using all the tools that are at uh, our disposal nowadays to do that, um, and to follow out, up with them, to reach out to people, be proactive, uh, all those things, uh, to use the, the technology, which is just amazingly sophisticated, to really figure out what people need and what they want, and then to, to make sure that you've actually delivered on it from their perspective, not just from our perspective. And so I think that, you know, I think it's a really, really important topic. I think it's going to be increasingly important. It's tied up with the employer side the retail side that I was just referring to as well. But I, I do think that's going to, it is a major tension in the market. And it, it's a little complicated because we don't have a uh, free market in healthcare. Uh, you know, we work through third party payers. And, um, and so it, it gets a little complicated in terms of who's the customer versus who's the consumer. Uh, but having said that, I, I, I do think, you know, I, I'm not going to so much predict it or, or, uh, suggest that there's going to be a, a consumer revolution per se. I, I do think there are going to be some other revolutions in healthcare, but I think we're going to see that tension playing itself out. You know, again, the retailers and the new entrants are, are banking on, on the consumer market, you know, and, the, and healthcare moving towards that consumer market where individuals are making choices. And so I think it's a, I think it's a bit of both and, but um, I'm, you know, I'm all for it. Thanks, Seth. Uh, social determinants of health have been a theme throughout many of your podcasts. How do you see that playing out in 2019? Is that going to be something that's given a lot more attention and a lot more focus and addressed in a fundamentally different way? Yeah, Lisa, I hope so. Uh, and and I, I think there's there's some reason to suspect that it is, you know, as I uh, troll the literature and, and, you know, I'm watching uh, social media for healthcare pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, I'm seeing more and more hits on, on this topic of social determinants of health, uh, food insecurity, disparities in healthcare. Uh, the, the topic that I, I think is really, really exciting is this issue, exciting in, in that I, I think it's a, it's a critically important topic that hasn't been addressed is the whole issue of social isolation. Um, and, you know, again, but, uh, you know, employment, et cetera. And you're seeing organizations around the country really paying much more attention to it. Uh, hospital systems, integrated systems, payers. Um, you know, I, I got, I had a chance to speak to Dr. Harold Paz from Aetna and he, uh, his group, uh, Aetna has been, um, partnering with the Harvard School of Public Health to create a, uh, um, uh, survey, a questionnaire focused on the social determinants of health, looking at financial wellness, food insecurity, uh, nutrition, uh, loneliness even, uh, and, and others are doing the same thing as well. You, you're seeing it come from the government quarters as, as well as uh, from other entities. So, uh, in fact, you know, I just read a, um, a speech that Alex Azar, the Secretary for Health and Human Services, and I don't know if it was this month or last month, but it was pretty recently gave a, gave a talk, and I believe it was in, in D.C., and the, the focus of the talk was, in fact, the social determinants of health. And he came out and he said, look, you know, we could have all these great medications, but, you know, if, if you, you know, if, if a mother can't afford medicine for her child 
or, or someone can't afford the transportation to get to the clinic, uh, you know, it's all for naught. Um, if you don't have heating, if you don't have appropriate housing, uh, you know, again, if you don't have, if you don't have access to healthy food. So, um, you know, I think we're seeing a, a real, uptake in this uh, from all quarters. Um, I am so, so excited about it for lots of reasons, one of which is is that uh, the return on investment from for what you put into that, um, the health outcomes that uh, come back or come back in spades. I think it's uh, it's a wonderful thing. I think it's one of the most encouraging aspects of healthcare today. I've been and others have been waiting for this for years, and so I'm really, really encouraged by it. It's hopeful. I'm excited by it, and I, I think I think we're going to see much, much more of it, uh, much more explicitly as well. Thanks for asking about that. I think it's a really, really important topic. I agree completely. I'm going to turn to another topic that I think is near and dear to your heart and is also an incredibly important one that's been getting more and more attention, which is physician burnout. What do you predict is going to be happening in 2019? And is there going to be more attention to this? And is it going to be addressed better? Yeah, you know, well, thank you again for asking that question. Um, I I think, and this is a little heresy again, I think that the way we've been approaching physician burnout is a bit, um, I want to say academic in nature, but the idea that we're going to take physicians and give them some sort of uh, mindful meditation training or things like that, I, I think that while all that is good, I, I think it misses the point. Um, I think the point is that uh, we need to really reorganize healthcare and um, and make it uh, a a career and a job that is much more doable for physicians, other providers as well. I mean, you see burnout in in nurses, uh, you see burnout in in physicians assistants, you see burnout in staff. So it's not just physicians; it's across the board. And um, and so we really need to figure out what it is we need to do to change the system so that it actually supports providers. And I think that's what we're going to hopefully see more uh, happening in the, in, in the market. One of the shifts in the market, again, which is um, kind of goes back to this whole issue of big forces that may, may, may play into this. And again, this is another tension in the market is, um, is sort of more the direct to, they call it direct to employer or direct, I, I think it's direct to provider. And I think what we're going to see more and more of is the payers actually looking to the providers directly and selecting providers. I think we're going to see much more um, analytics around who are the providers that are actually providing a high quality cost effective care. And uh, people are going to be wanting to partner with those providers down to the level of groups and even perhaps down to the level of individual providers. And I think what that does is it changes the balance. And um, I think it puts the provider and, and providers and their teams uh, in a different stature. And um, and if you have that sort of leverage in the market, you can begin to redesign and reconstruct and reorganize healthcare in a way that doesn't burn you out. So I, I think that's, I've not heard anyone actually say that before. So this is, you know, from my perspective, and I'd be curious if anyone has heard this or read this, I, I've sort of put the pieces together in, in a very, very odd way. I, I don't think that you, you get any expert or anyone talking about physician burnout and responding in the way I just responded. But I, I think that's the way it's going to happen. Thanks so much, Zev. That was fascinating. 
Um, I'm going to switch topics a little bit again. Um, as you know, I was honored recently by winning the AARP Purpose Prize. And there's been a lot of focus on what the word purpose means to the prize winners. I'm going to flip that to you. What's your purpose? And what do you see your primary purpose being for 2019? Uh, now, now I'm totally unprepared. Um, my purpose in beginning the podcast and in some of the writing I've been doing is to, to shed a light on, on, on topics like the ones we've been talking about to help people understand what's going on, uh, to be part of the conversation and to propel the conversation forward with others. And, uh, really the purpose is to catalyze change. Uh, there's no question. And I, I, I can't imagine anyone would say, no, the system should stay the same. We shouldn't change. I think it's all, it always comes down to, um, uh, a discussion of how fast do we change and in, in what ways do we change. And, um, so my, my purpose is to engage others, uh, hopefully catalyze more conversation, but more to the point, I, I really want to, um, I want to help people in, in really creating positive change. Um, in a way that is obviously not harmful to, uh, to patients or to communities. And, but, um, but I think that we have to accelerate the change. And I, I think the market is, is demonstrating that as well. It's asking for it. Um, it's, I think it's the right thing to do for patients. I, I don't, I don't think we can continue to wait years to make these changes. I think they need to happen in, in a shorter time frame. And so that's my goal. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing all of this. I really look forward to asking you the same question a year from now and also having you reflect back on how much you've been able to move the needle. Uh, let's end with a couple of quick questions. What are you looking forward to for the 2019 season of Creating a New Healthcare, your podcast series? Wow. We, um, well, we, we do have a, a lineup already and, um, I'm, I'm excited for the ones that are going to come out. Um, I, I will share with you one of the first ones that are going to come that the, the podcast that'll be released is, uh, one on, um, <laughs> I hope no one gets upset with this, but it's about uh, nutrition and eating healthy. And, uh, so we, we have a, an expert guest who has come up with an app, uh, uh, and actually that she co-created with Walmart and it's, it's out there. And, uh, so in the first week or two of January, we'll, we'll come out with that. We're going to return to the other topics though. I think, uh, the issue of, um, that you asked about, about consumerism is going to be another big topic that we're going to hit pretty hard. And again, talking to some wonderful experts. And I, I think this is, you know, in the, the employer space, again, talking to experts in the employer space, um, uh, you, you, uh, didn't ask about digital technology. And I think that, um, you know, I think the, there is a revolution in healthcare, um, uh, the digital uh, healthcare revolution. I think there's just some, some amazing uh, opportunities and some amazing, amazing things that are coming out. So we're going to try to talk to people in that world as well. Uh, and, um, you know, 
again, talking to entrepreneurs and startup uh, folks and really get a sense of, of who's doing what and how they're doing it, um, again, for the purpose of, of really stimulating change. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, it's so interesting, you know, uh, your question before about, uh, you know, why am I doing this and the purpose? And, and um, you know, as you asked that question and, and you punctuated it by saying you're, you're going to ask me the same question towards the end of the year, it, it really, uh, I, I appreciate that question because I, I think we need those sorts of um, bars set for ourselves. And um, I'm, I, it's, it's kind of funny that you asked the question because I've, I've been thinking about that quite a bit, you know. The podcast started a year and a half ago, um, and um, I've been doing some writing as well. And I'm asking myself that question: So, what's the next level? How do you how do you rev this up? And um, I, quite honestly, I, I would love to get some feedback from listeners out there. And 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 I just first of all want to thank the listeners that do email and 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 write in, uh, whether it's on social media or just directly through email, letting me know what you think and and also. I would love to hear any sorts of suggestions or recommendations of how to, how to elevate this conversation, how to move it from just conversation to a little bit more action. Um, because that's, I'm, I guess I have that itch now to, you know, we've done this podcast for a year and a half. How do we up the game? How do we really make it more value laden? So, um, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. So thanks for, for asking the question and putting it out there. It's a wonderful invitation that you just provided to all of your listeners, and I hope they take you up on it and flood you with messages on social media and emails giving you their ideas. I'm going to close with one last question, Zev, which is tell me a little bit about your book, when to expect it, and if you predict that in 2019, you're going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, I don't, I don't know about anything about a bestseller list. I've, um, you know, I am writing a book. It's, I'm in the final stages and exhausted. Uh, it's been a year and a half. And actually, I don't know how many listeners are aware of this, but I actually started the podcast. The podcast came out of the book. Um, I've been speaking to audiences around the country and people were asking if I could write an article or two. And I started writing and it turned into a bunch of chapters and, and I realized I needed to interview more people. And that's what led to uh, me formalizing the podcast that came out of the interviews for the research for the book. And so the book is really about creating uh, change in healthcare. And it is a, a roadmap of sorts, if you will. And um, I'm, it is one of the things that I'm hoping will be a catalyst for, uh, for change. And I, I'm really hoping that it'll help people out because I, I see a lot of incredibly well-intentioned individuals and organizations. And um, my hope is and my intention is that this book will provide a bit of a guide or roadmap or, or plan or outline that will help people be, um, uh, what's the word, a little bit more structured and uh, get to their the goals that they so clearly want to get to in, in terms of creating disruptive change in a positive way, in a patient-centered, cons- you know, customer-oriented way, and also in a way that uh, supports, as as we were alluding to before, in a way that supports providers. So I'm I'm really looking forward to getting the book out there. Um, you know, we could spend a lot of time talking about this. this. is the first time I've ever done anything like this. It is it is um, a completely new experience. And one of the, one of the things I'll say about this, um, cause you asked about the idea of being on a, on a sort of, uh, bestseller list. 
you, I've never, I've never done anything quite like this. It almost feels like a free fall. I mean, I've shared bits and pieces of the book with folks, but you don't know what's going to happen. You, you almost have to take a, a leap off the cliff. You just, you know, sometimes I look at it and I think, oh my God, who's going to read this? Why would they want to read it? And other times I look at it and say, oh my God, I, I can't wait till people see this. And so I'm just putting it out there because I had to. And uh, I, um, I hope it, it is of value to people and, you know, the, the world will do what it wants with it once it's out there. <laughs> I thought that was an absolutely fantastic answer to the question. And I think that everybody listening is going to really appreciate having these insights because so much of what you're doing is drawing people out in your podcasts. And I feel like I've been able to draw you out. And these insights are going to be so fascinating to everybody who's listening, just like they have been to me. Thank you so much for your time today, Isaf. Um, I'm hoping that your predictions come true. And I look forward to a year from now, predictions for 2020. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Elisa. I just want to say thank you for uh, for asking me to do this. Um, you know, I'm this is uh, I much prefer to interview than be interviewed. Um, but I also do, as 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 you know, I, I I always like to pause before concluding the podcast, and I I, I want to sincerely thank uh, those of you out there who are listening, who are providing care to patients, uh, or those of you who are supporting providers of care, because. You know, this is the whole purpose. This is the whole reason for healthcare, and you're doing it, and it's hard work, and you don't get recognized or appreciated enough. And um, so, I'm compelled to do that just to say thank you. I also just want to say thank you to everyone, um, and uh, have a happy and healthy uh, holiday season and a wonderful New Year as well. So, thank you, and thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye. Bye, bye.